I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> I don't even know how we get back. <laughs> I feel like we're lost. Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing academic discoveries and innovations that we often hear about, but for whatever reason, it never seem to actually touch our lives. We want to dig into why that is and maybe talk a little bit about what it would take to move those innovations into actual things. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi and Tyler Scher. Joe Rungi is a intellectual property lawyer. I am. Yeah, at Unimed, we're this who sponsors this show. Unimed is a technology transfer office for the University of Nebraska. Joe, also you you said something about being the werewolf for t- <laughs> for startup company. Yes, <laughs> maybe I'll let you. <laughs> I also uh, help to manage the Translational Research Institute Uditech, yes. which, in addition to many other things, is a startup incubator. And since I have your attention, please take a moment to review the podcast. Please also be sure to rate it. And check out our feature technology this week. It's something really cool, and it's something really cool every week. It's always cool. Um, well, there's one that isn't, but I'm not going to. I'll let you figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we seriously, we do want to spread our reach, and so we want to talk about all the innovations in the universities that, that help make all of our lives better, not just at Nebraska, but everywhere. Also, Tyler, um, didn't introduce you yet. Tyler Scher is with us. He's a PhD licensing associate at Unimed. How's it going, Tyler? Good. How you doing, Charlie? Not bad. You were at the, um, I think it's time we went over this, something I've been kind of holding in the back pocket. Um, we went to the Midwest Drug Development Conference. Here in Omaha. Here in Omaha. We brought in a bunch of people from, well, actually. We didn't go to it, man. We like hosted it. it. Yeah, well, You did it. I just you, showed you up. You and our colleague, Matt. Great coffee. Did an excellent job Great with coffee. that conference. Matt Baim, the licensing director now. The force of nature. Yes. Um, so we had this, we, we put the on this conference, a regional kind of deal. Um, and it turned out really well. A lot of really interesting stuff. It was cool to bring Midwestern universities together in one spot, get pharmaceutical firms to come in and talk about it. But we don't really want to talk about that because we're right in the middle of flu season. And one of the coolest technologies I saw at this conference was out of South Dakota. And... They, it looks like they had a really interesting approach to new, better, I should say, improved flu vaccines. Because right now, the flu vaccines, I got one. My arm hurt for like three weeks, um, mainly because I'm, I'm weak and and um, I bruise like a peach. And uh, <laughs> it's but, a Colorado though. <laughs> it's a Colorado. Colorado peach. Sorry, bad joke. Okay, yeah, you're not that, a Georgia peach. Yeah, that, we think too much of you. That wasn't. Oh yeah, that was a bad joke. Um, <laughs> I've got plenty more. It finally right. happened. We had a bad one. <laughs> First time for everything. Oh my God, sure the needle scratch. Yeah. The, Speaking of bad jokes, so. <laughs> Oh God! Why he's, he's talking again? <laughs> why don't llamas get the flu? Anyone have an answer? Because they have a vaccine that's better than thirty percent effective. <laughs> that's 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 a good try, but wrong. No, it's because Does they have, do with Colorado peaches. They have excellent health care. Oh, llama care. <laughs> oh no! Wow. 
<laughs> it's a bad joke. Uh, I had to. My, I can't, I, I can't believe you. Bleed. I can't believe you kept that until now. I was wondering what was that thing trying to burst out of you, like alien style. A bad llama, and it was pun. a llama dad joke. I think. I think that joke might have ruined my day. Oh no! Well, like, let me let me try to resuscitate it. You broke a window. <laughs> All right. So anyway, back to the flu. Uh, so why is it that the, the flu vaccine, we can't do any better? I mean, we've been doing vaccines for a long time. How can we can't get a flu vaccine that works? We do it the same way we've always done it. So, all right. Okay. Why do it, though? I mean, it's only 30%. So why am I still getting a shot every year? So because I still get sick. So, yeah. So a 30% effective flu vaccine is still saving thousands of lives. So that's one reason, <laughs> one very good reason to still do it. Okay. No, but but so I you know I had that bad llama joke, but really llamas literally don't get the flu, and it has to do with their unique special antibodies. We do get the flu because our antibodies are weaker, um, and I can explain a little bit with an analogy if you would like. If you're you seem you seem I'm you seem really, hesitant. You got me on my toes after that bad <laughs> llama joke. Okay, uh, but yeah. okay, go ahead. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the flu. The flu is like an invader invading. It's like a, a thief trying to break into a, a house or a vault or something. Okay. Our antibodies, rep, so antibodies, I should say, represent a, uh, the part of our defense system that recognizes viruses. And so they're, they're going to recognize this flu invader guy. And it's like an automated system, okay? And what okay. we have is a camera system. And we, our antibodies can recognize masks and we can recognize a limited finite amount of masks but this invader is a master disguise he can be wearing totally different <laughs> masks he can change the disguise and his disguise changes every year which is why it's so hard to have a good vaccine for our camera system so to recognize not it. only is he wearing glasses and a false nose but also the mustache yeah <laughs> Yes, yes. The mustache throws us off every year. We can never calculate for the mustache. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So so the guy changes. So the virus changes its look every year. We can't. So the best we can do is guess. The best we can do is we can actually, we, we let the, we, we sort of do a sampling. Why do we do have to sampling. guess? Why can't we wait until you get to, until well, we, we know what, the, what he's going to be looking like? Well, yeah. So we, we wait as long as we possibly can to then use our archaic system of developing flu vaccine. What is the uh, archaic system, Joe? You said it's we've been doing it the same way. It, it takes a long time. Yeah, you basically grow the the sort of closer to the mic. Sorry, the uh, the <laughs> vaccine. How has do we to do? Grow, how do we do vaccines? The vaccine has to grow on eggs, right? They yeah. essentially have to grow a. Chicken, we actually just grow up viruses. We're, right. we're like growing up the so strains of the flu. <laughs> so you pick what mask it's going to wear. Yeah. And you grow up a bunch of viruses wearing that mask. Yeah. And then sort of deactivate them by cooking them or chemically killing them. And then you inject them in people. That's what makes your arm. Oh, so you, there's a predictive factor here then. You have right. to try to make a. So, what so we there's a bunch of scientists looking at past Halloween costumes for yeah. the virus and saying, well, he was a robber the previous year and a ghost the year before that. So this year. I'm going Ninjago. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's trends, you know. Mario's yeah. big. <laughs> but that's it, right? And then and he shows up because Frozen came out and you didn't expect it. And he's, right. he's on it. That came from nowhere. Yeah. And it's all Elsa's. But yeah, no, there's that. that's how it works. And because there's a long delay in making the flu vaccine, you have to start making the oh, right. flu vaccine okay. before the flu it vaccine It takes starts. a long time. Sure. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't have yeah. enough. And some we can't just make them overnight. 
All right. So there's no vaccine machine. So this so, cool technology from that South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, University of South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So available for licensing. They right call now. it. They call it the. Yeah, we'll, we'll put a link up in the program notes to how to get there. Always something cool. So the inventors, Dr. Huber and Fang, the co-inventors here. Um, the chimeric vaccine for influenza A. So what it looks like is they take a bunch of previous vac or previous strains of the flu, put it into a blender. And then use that to determine how to make a, a vaccine. Yeah, so that's, Some, a, you, that's exactly no. It's not. That's that's close though. Yeah, yeah. So am I, what at they all? Did, am I close at all? You're pretty. You're very close. So yeah. Okay. So they. So again, this kind of comes back to how our security system, our antibodies differ again from llamas. So our, our I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I have to keep coming back to this about llamas. I don't even think llamas are well, allowed in South Dakota. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm from South Dakota. There oh. are there's some legit. Llama farms. Oh, wait, you're going from on. South Dakota. I am from. South I would have never brought yeah. up a South Dakota innovation. Yeah. And actually, the the zoo outside of Aberdeen, the very tiny little zoo, does have a few llamas. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. All right. So this going out around. to you, Aberdeen llamas. <laughs> Aberdeen llamas is it the Aberdeen Dromedary Club? Yeah. All right. So all founding right. member. So so anyway, our antibodies again can only see, can only recognize. We just have the camera system that we're trying to recognize masks, and we can only we can only recognize a finite number any year. Um, this technology is, is basically what they tried to do was, like you said, they, they, uh, they, they took some very, um, they intelligently selected some, some very common masks or very common uh, patterns among masks, some shared commonalities among masks, and tried to blend those or meld them all together into one super vaccine to try to give our camera system uh, a, a big upgrade so we can recognize more masks or actually just recognize features that are common among different masks. But theoretically, this should be more effective, especially when you're... So what they're doing is they're, they're again, picking from um, some of the most uh, robust and common masks worn by the peskiest uh, flu viruses. So influenza A, H1N1. These are, these are the real biggies where if, they, if we have an outbreak, these can be really deadly. I seem to remember the the presentation they gave at the at the conference. They they then tested the virus, uh, the vaccine, against previous strains, and I, I guess they they have name. I'm not sure how the the naming convention for various strains of flu, but Ohio, Iowa, Tennessee, New Jersey. I guess these are different strains yes. over previous years, and they seem to be pretty effective at blocking those. Yeah, yeah. So it actually, so again, because they're sort of intelligently picking out commonalities among different types of masks, it's not only, it's not just saying, hey, now we can recognize five masks, Mario and um, Harry Potter, <laughs> Darth Vader, but, but you're actually picking out some of the common features with those masks to really boost the, the recognition. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. Um is there any indication on how close this is to something that could be tested in humans or at least maybe clinical trial? Yeah, I think this technology is is ripe and ready. It's I've, it's in preclinical, so I th I think it would be more or less ready for for clinical trial. There might need to be a little more development done yet, but um, but they've done a lot of the initial underlying uh, testing in science and animals. Yeah, and I think especially with vaccines, it's it's always tricky to bring them to market just because it's hard enough to get people vaccinated and to sort of do it on a scale that's going to be a, a real test. So, you know, the vaccine market, especially for humans, 
you know, is really complicated. If you think about the way vaccines kind of work, they're sort of done hand in glove with with governments as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that further complicates why it's hard for uh, innovative vaccine technologies to really take off just because the the market is complicated. But I mean, do we see a lot? Of, I mean, it seems like, I don't know how often we see new vaccine technology. I think we, there's a lot of different approaches. But I mean, are we, I mean, we talked about Promune. I think that's an attempt, another mm-hmm. attempt um, at trying something different with vaccines. Um, so this is one, this is one very good attempt right here. Okay. Um, another attempt would involve, wait for it, llama blood. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you. Tell us you. more, Tyler. I was actually going to ask you, why are you talking about llama blood I didn't blood give you a lot of time so to wait on the wait for it there. No. <laughs> you can edit it in. I can, I can create space. Yeah. So tell me about So llama. again, so our antibodies basically have this camera system. We just recognize masks and we're trying to get as many mask or mask patterns in our system and our database as possible. Llamas, their antibodies are smaller, which means they can recognize the parts of the viruses and attach to the parts of the viruses that don't change nearly as much. So hmm. so it's, it's sort of like instead of, uh, instead of trying to recognize masks now with the camera system, the llamas actually just put up like, like a, a thumbprint um, detector on their front door much a much better idea really so instead of having this sophisticated camera system you, you just the the invader has to pass a thumbprint in order to ever actually get in um, which makes them basically immune to flus so what i'm hearing is llamas don't catch the flu llamas do not catch the flu yeah there's no llama flu you're never going to hear about a llama flu Our if alpaca- you do it's probably the end of the world if there's a llama flu there's bad <laughs> stuff going on and they're the they're the llama in the coal mine right <laughs> So, like, what application is there, right? I and mean, that's a really cool discovery that llamas have more nimble antibodies that are hard yeah. to fool. But, like, how, how, how you know, how you, could that you help have us? infinite resources, Mr. Yeah. PhD. Yeah, but besides just being super jealous of llamas. disease. <laughs> so, you know, if, 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 if the, the president gives you a call and says, you know, cost is no object, Dr. Sure, make me some llama antibodies. Yeah. What do you do? What? Yeah. So what we're gonna do, and what researchers are trying to do, actually, uh, please is, address the president. Is, is use. <laughs> is, is, okay. Sorry, Mr. President. Thank you. <laughs> researchers are attempting to use a virus to <laughs> to cure or permanently prevent being infected by the flu virus. So this is gene therapy we're talking about now. Gene therapy. Got it. So so actually, what, what you what, what you would do is, and what they've done um, uh, to a, a, a small extent in in mice. <laughs> Again, the flu has been cured in mice. It's permanently prevented mice from ever getting the flu. But what nice. what, what they do is, <laughs> they they um, introduce the genes to create these more nimble, smaller thumbprint antibodies. Uh-huh. Um, using a, a, a viral vector. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's so just traditional gene So they're literally taking a llama gene and inserting it into the immune system of another animal. Yeah. Yeah. And then reprogramming that immune system, those B cells, to create smaller llama antibodies. Got yeah. <laughs> that might freak some people out. <laughs> gene therapy is supposed to freak you out genes. a little bit. <laughs> Are, but we, so the option is to either deal with the 30% effective thing, the South Dakota gets their thing going here, or you know, drinking alpaca blood. Well, th- th- there's also a third option. I mean, llama blood, excuse me. <laughs> a third option would be actually just to just to improve the way that we create our current vaccines and make it so much faster that we can actually do a, a survey um, in real time, of of what what the actual prevalent um, 
flu viruses are. Yeah, one thing is different now is you know there's synthetic biology, so yeah. you can use machines to make the particles for vaccines instead of letting viruses grow on eggs. Um, so you, know, you could just have a, a factory that produces vaccine, and you sort of program it in, boop boop, boop and, and figure out what the mask is for the year, and boom. So there's tons of vaccines for it. I think we're about a hundred years away now from the Spanish flu outbreak in 1918, right? Yeah, yeah. So are we are we overdue for something like that, or is this? Are we had have we hit a? It depends an, on if you're age? optimistic or pessimistic. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, it's entirely possible something like that could come around again. Pandemic yeah. people like to say it's not a question of if, Charlie. It's a question of when. Okay. Yeah. But if you're a llama, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Unless okay. But the llamas don't ask. They're they're cool. They don't seem to be bothered. Yeah, God, pandemic. Very nonplussed. Have you seen uh, an enraged or excited or upset llama? It's the same expression on their face at all times. It's... They weren't in the new Rampage movie, so. Oh, my God. That would be such a good movie. <laughs> the giant nonplussed right, llama. This has got to stop. I'm going to end this. Christopher llamas. I'm ending, I'm ending this. Thank you for joining us on the Overground. For Tyler Sharon and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton.